0: of Church Chicago, this is Pastor JP Troleo. I'm so glad that you're here listening with us today on our podcast. This message today is coming from our midweek prayer service. We believe that this prayer meeting is the most vital meeting of our church. I pray today as you listen to this message that you're encouraged, that you're inspired, and that ultimately you're pushed closer to Jesus. If this message today spoke to you, I pray that you will come out and join with us on a Wednesday night that you can gather together alongside the rest of the church and hear from God and what he would have to say to you. Amen. God's presence is here tonight. I don't know about you, but I'm really grateful to be here tonight. Um, God's ministering to people right now. I know some of you walked in here tonight. Um, You know, sometimes I look back as I'm standing up there because I always want to catch what's happening with people. Sometimes I can just look at somebody and I get a sense of what's going on, what the day's maybe been like, what the week's been like. And I know some of you here tonight, uh, you've had a rough week. You've had a rough day. (laughs) Maybe it hasn't been rough, but it's been busy. It's been full. And let me remind you that this is the right place to be. Okay? I want to encourage you that however, uh, whatever, you know, Obstacles you had to get over to get here tonight. This was the place to be, and I believe God's gonna continue to speak, and we're just gonna pray. At the end, I'm gonna open up the altar because I, I just want to seek God. And um, you know, our little man's not here yet, and uh, so I, I told the team I'm gonna continue in this series um, of the Lord's prayer. And uh, just I told you guys if you if you were not here last Wednesday night, um, we've decided to record these ones on Wednesday night, so they're on our podcast. And I encourage you just to, everyone's really excited about that. Um, we're not going to do it always, but this is very important, I think, for our church to have, to go back and listen listen to. Um, and so I said we're going to walk through the Lord's Prayer, specifically in Luke. Um, but I'm also going to reference back to Matthew at times. But um, So we're just going to walk maybe word by word, maybe a couple words, and then uh, we'll, we'll go through there. But, you know, I, I want us to, to have a deep understanding in Revelation Uh, of why we pray, right? And I think we've taught that over, we've built a really good foundation, I think, as a church. This is not, can I say this? This is not common, okay? And let me explain that. A midweek prayer service for churches, not common, okay? I I really believe that, we we started in in, uh, Andrew and Holly's apartment, Um, actually, we started on Skype, we started in an apartment with like six of us, seven of us, and then we moved to the office upstairs where the nursery is, and there was like maybe 10, 11, 12. And then we got the new space upstairs of our office, and we moved it there, and there was like 20, 30. And then we hit like the 50, and we're like, wow, this is getting really packed. And now there's, I don't know, 60 of you here tonight, 70. And um, this is not common. So we pray at this church. Guys, and we don't pray just on Wednesdays. We pray in this church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we pray because we believe in the power of prayer. I believe God is calling his churches back to not be houses of of spectacles, not to be houses of, of cool things, but to be houses of prayer. And when the church prays, the church is powerful. When the church prays, miracles happen. When the church prays, signs and wonders fall. When the church prays, people are delivered. When churches pray, marriages are restored. When churches pray, marriages are kept close. When churches pray, kids come to know Jesus. When churches pray, provision happens. When churches pray, wisdom falls from on high. When churches pray, the city looks to the church and says, what is going on over there? When you pray, you hear from God. That's why we pray. So we pray. And I read a quote, you know, Spurgeon says this, and, and I believe this is so true. He said, Christians' prayers are measured by weight. Not by length, but by weight. Fitting that that is part of our Vision Sunday, Vision of the Year is weight. Many of the most prevailing prayers have been as short as they were strong. We don't got to pray long. <laughs> we don't got to have some elaborate prayer we don't need to be able to be articulate and all that. Oftentimes, when I'm up here praying, I'm fumbling over words. <laughs> Full disclosure, you hear you're like, I know we hear you, pastor. You're like, did he just say that? I was like, they don't have to be lengthier. They just have to be raw. God is so big and so good that just be raw with Him. He's cool with it. He just wants to talk with you and He wants to align His will to you and your will to Him his your will with his will and so we pray right and i want to read a luke 11 1 through 13 i'm not going to read the whole thing tonight team i'm just going to get through um verse 2 that's it for tonight and then we'll jump in you know someone said to me often too and i said this last week but like why does why, why do you pray like god knows everything you know and, and it's a valid question like i respect it i'm like i'm just glad you're asking the question but Jesus prayed. And last week, if you were here, you heard me reference a lot of scripture in which Jesus stopped and he prayed. If Jesus prayed, why should we not? Like, why, why shouldn't we? Like, We need to be praying. And so Luke 11, 1 through 13, it says this. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. It's a question that is profound to me. They could have asked any other question. How do you do miracles? How do you heal people? How do you people raise people from the dead? Show us how to get a large crowd together. How did you feed all those five, those 15,000 people? Like Those are the questions that me, I would have asked. But they saw Jesus, they were with Jesus, they watched Jesus in his ministry, and they realized that every time Jesus did something powerful, right before he was praying. He was praying. And so they say to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father. Father, right? So we talked last week about what that means to look at God as father. If you miss that, if you mix that up, if you look at God as an employer, we're going to have very warped, messed up prayers. If we look at God as like, well, God, I'm a pastor and I, I planted a church, I gave up a, a great job and, and and we gave up an easy living and we moved to a city that's rough and tough and hard and and, and we're, we're paying it. A- just an insane amount of money for living costs, and we open up the doors to the church for people to come in, and we, we, we're doing all this for you, God, but you haven't done this for me. We look at God as an employer. Well, if I work for you, you should pay me, right? Hopefully you all look at your bosses like that. That's not how God works. You got a very, we got a very messed up view of God. So he's Father. Father in Jesus' name we pray. Jesus said you start with Father. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for deliverance. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for help. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you change the city from the inside out. So we pray, Father. And then tonight, this is what we're going to talk about. There's a very interesting four words that follow that, that I think we pass by. We just look past. Maybe you don't understand it. I don't. I didn't for the longest time. I thought it was a really cool word that Jesus just threw in there. But it, it, it maybe you just miss it, or, or maybe we don't catch the, the gravity, the, the magnitude of that word. Jesus says, Father, and then he says, in translation in Matthew, it says, Our Father who art in heaven, and but, but Luke referenced, How it be your name. How it be your name. Anybody else ever hear that word and have no clue what it means? The rest of you, I'm having a Bible study with you because you need to teach me. It's Awesome. But he is very specific about that word. He's very specific. And he doesn't jump into, hey, give us our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses. He doesn't do that. Jesus says, first father, and then he jumps into, How would be your name. Reason why is this. Is because I have one point tonight. Praise God. <laughs> His name is Holy. His name is holy. So Jesus says, pray like this. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What he is saying here is, God, my Father, your name's holy. And I need to remember that. God, you are so holy. I need to remember that. Every time I go to you, I'm going to a holy God, I'm not going to a God that other people pray to. I am going to a holy God. Jesus is saying, "God, remember your name to be holy." But, but Father, remind me that you are holy. Like the how would be your name? It look, it actually means both in the Greek and in the English word. It actually means sanctified. It means sanctified. I I read that and I was like, wow, it it means sanctified. It means, sanctified can mean make holy or treat as holy. When God sanctifies us, it means that he makes us holy. But when we sanctify God, it means that we treat him as holy. Okay, catch that. So we're saying, God, your name is holy. God, you are above everything. Father, you are over everything. Father, there is no one like you. You are holy. So me saying that reminds me that I serve a holy God. A holy God, a God that is true, a God that is righteous, a God that is holy. So Jesus is teaching us to pray that God would cause his name to be treated as holy. And the question tonight is this, what does it mean to treat God as holy? Can I read this tonight? I I typed this out. I feel like I really just need to read this tonight. What are we asking God to do when we pray that that, that he causes his name to be treated as holy? And so I thought about this, like, how do we keep God holy in our lives? How do we remember that God is holy? Because we can say it all day long. I can say that word over and over again. Some of you are like, ah, how how do I remind, what does that mean? How do I keep God holy? Because Father, how how would be your name? Father, you are holy. so I was reading scripture throughout the week, and I I just went through a couple Old Testament passages, because I love the Old Testament, and I think some of these ways, I don't have them up on the screen, so you're gonna have to take notes, but I think these are ways to remember that he is holy in the way that we keep him in a position of holy, okay? Guys, we can't lower God. Okay, let me say it this way. Maybe this isn't making sense. Let me try to do this. Some of us think that we can lower God to where we are, okay? We can lower the standard of God's kingdom to what we believe. We can lower the kingdom of God to what we want it to fit into, well, if it doesn't fit into my lifestyle choices, then we're not treating them as holy. It's just making sense. I will lower the level of how holy God is to fit into my mold of who I think God is. God cannot be changed. His character will not be changed. That is not who God is. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What we are called to do is look up to where our help is from. He is holy. Okay. So these things help us to remind ourselves that he is holy. And and to do these things, I really think it honors God. When we pray this prayer, God, your name is holy. But we also have to live this prayer out, right? It's cool to pray prayers but not live them out. It's cool to pray them but it's not cool to not actually live them out. So the first thing that I wrote down is we got to trust him. When you understand how holy his name is, it causes me at least to trust him. You know, in Numbers 20, verse 12, the the people of Israel are wandering, right? And there was no water. They're in the wilderness, and there's no water. And they begin to get stressed out. They begin to grumble against Moses, the fearless leader. And And God tells Moses to speak to the rock. Go check it out in Numbers 20. And bring forth water for the people. But Moses' spirit is bitter. He's upset. He doesn't look as God is holy. He lowers God to his level. Catching this? and he speaks rashly, and he strikes the rock instead of speaking to the rock, okay? If you've grown up in church, you know this story. He strikes the rock instead of speaking to which God said to him. The water comes out, but so does the stinging word of God to Moses. God says to him, because you did not believe in me to sanctify me or hallow me in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Notice the words that he says. He said, you did not believe in me to sanctify or hallow me. These words give us our first answer to the question I said tonight. How do we do this? What it means to sanctify or hallow the name of God, it means to believe him. How do you see God as holy? You believe him. When God says something to you, he means it. He means what he says. He says. When he tells you something through his word or through a message or through somebody else, he means what he says. And so you have to believe him. Moses did not look at him as holy, so Moses lowered his view of him and did not believe God to say, hey, you know what, I can just speak to the rock. No, he was upset, and he struck the rock because he thought, how many of you think your plans are sometimes better than God's plans? Let's have an honest moment here, okay? Don't judge Brother Moses. I'm out there in the wilderness. I'm leading these people. Cr- people are crazy. I told my dad, I do not want to get in ministry. I don't want to deal with people. They're crazy. And he strikes the rock because he's mad. He lowered the level of the holiness of God. He didn't trust him anymore. In one moment, he didn't trust him. So he he said, you know what, God, you're, you're not holy. Moses was bitter and impulsive. God is not howled when we do not have a spirit of settled confidence and peace in his word. Let me say that again. God is not hallowed. He's not holy when we do not have a spirit of settled confidence and peace in his word. Guys, read this. When you read this and you get this in you, you live with confidence and you live at peace. Yeah, I, okay, I'm, I'm moving forward, but I just want to say this because, like, it's an acid test for me. It's an acid test for me. Like, when I can test somebody how close they are to God, I test... It may, when I can tell how close, let me rephrase that, when I can tell how close I am to God, right, in my relationship, two things, how much I'm loving people, first with my wife, and then everybody else, okay, like, am I, like, just being like, ah, oh, that person's annoying me, I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to take this phone call, like, how close am I to God, right, the second thing is, the second thing is, is how much am I getting this in me, because if I have this in me, guess what, I'm fighting battles, if I have this in me, I'm walking in confidence. Guess what? When I have this in me, whatever may come into this place, whatever may happen through my life, whatever may come at us, I walk with confidence because I trust God to be holy, and I trust his word, so I trust in him. Is this making sense tonight? God, our Father, how hallowed be your name. I, it's not, I don't trust in JP's name. I trust in God because he's holy, okay? When you have the word in you, you walk out confidently. I am really discouraged when I see Christians walking around just like, what's wrong with you today, man? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I'm getting hit. And that's, that's, that's a real thing, like attacks come. But you know what happens when you start to get God's word in you? You can take hits on the chin and you hit, what's up world? Like real gangster, like real, like you hit me, like back in my days, like that one hurt, but like I'm back. like oh he the world hit me like let me just like go it's safe right what am i doing it's like it's like no god's name is holy and i believe in his word i am the head and not the tail he is before me he is behind me he is next to me every single day i'm gonna fight the battle with jesus christ next to me okay so the second thing how do we keep his name holy we fear him above man it is what keeps us in line with what he wants. The way that we keep God holy is that we fear him more than we fear man. There's two specific scriptures, in, uh, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament Isaiah 8, 12 through 13. I'm going to read this really fast. Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. God speaks to Isaiah and warns him not to be like the people of Israel and fear man. Okay? Okay? 1 Peter 3, 14 through 15. I'm preaching Bible right now. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Have no fear of them, or be troubled. You keep God in a holy position when you stop fearing man. You keep his name Holy when you stop worrying about if you're gonna get Instagram likes or if you haven't been invited to the party because they see something different in you, and when you walk in there, they feel uncomfortable, so they're not gonna call you back to the party that they're cool with, but they know you're not cool. And this is making sense because they're so convicted when you come into the room with light. Amen. Amen. Because he's holy. And he said holy be holy like i'm holy i trust him i keep his name when i don't fear man do i fear man yes full transparency and i hate it because i would rather fear god every day than man man can't do anything to me sure guys let's be real they could take my paycheck they could take my house They they could take my car. They did one time a couple weeks back. (laughs) They could take everything from me. But you know what? I've come to the resolve as I've studied this. I really have. I prayed this like all day today. God, all that can go. Like, let me say that again because I need to just tell myself, Rach, I love you. If this happens, we're in it together. All of it could go. Take it all. Steal it all. I got God. That's all I need. I don't need another thing. Guess what? If we started to live like this, the world would actually go, yo, they practice what they preach. They practice what they're talking about. Do I trust God to take care of me? Yeah. Do I know when I walk in obedience that he's going to surround me? Yeah. I got nothing to fear. But if they do, guess what? His name's holy. I trust in him more than I trust in man. I'm just getting the last one out just because, you know, we're not going to be here for a couple It's very practical guys god is saying hey when you're with your friends are you keeping my name holy because you could pray that prayer all day long but it's jack if you don't actually do it that's why i get like i said when all the sports when we'd be on teams they'd all grab hands and start praying that prayer it's it's cool whatever but they don't understand really what they're praying because I think if they understood, if I understood what I was praying back then, when I'd be in the locker room, the next word that came out of my mouth after "Amen" was not a good word. <laughs> so I was like, "How'd be your name?" Doesn't match. Like doesn't line up. Fear him above man. Fear God, because he's holy. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a fear like I need to be afraid of him. It's a. It's an awe like, oh my goodness, God, you have done so much for me. Guys, if you, if you mix this up, it'll be a bad prayer life. But if you get this right, if you remember what God's done for you, that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you so that you and I didn't have to go to that cross and die on a cross, if you remember that, you can say, oh, my goodness, God, you're so good. You're so holy. You did that for me? This is encouraging you guys tonight. You do not have to fear, man, but we can trust in God. So when we pray, would be that name, we mean, Father, let your name be feared. Or more, Father, cause me to have a, such a high view of you that it is a much more dreadful thing to lose your approval than to lose anything the world can offer me. Let me say that again. God, help me to keep your name holy. Help me to keep you in the right position because I would rather fear losing your approval for my life than a man telling me, good job, J.P., this, this is what Jesus said to pray for. He wasn't playing around. He wasn't playing games. He said, "Hey, this is going to be a tough walk. It's going to be a hard walk, but it's going to be the best thing you ever do." That was that was a really good place to say, "Amen." Third thing, we're going we're going for this. When you know that He is holy, and His name is holy, you keep His commands. And then I put in parentheses. Why I tell you that, I don't know. I just. They are promises that sustain you. You keep his commands. They are promises that sustain you. I'm going to be a dad soon. Oh, soon. And I think about all the times that my dad would sit me down and he would talk to me. And he'd say, son, don't do this. Listen to me here. I- I'm telling you something, Son because if you if you don't listen to me you're going to hurt yourself. And there were times I listened to him and I'm thankful cuz I saw the outcome and I was like, "Wow." Then there was plenty of times in my life that my father would tell me, "Don't do this." And what would I do? Go do the exact opposite thing he told me. And I got hurt. I hurt somebody else. I hurt my family. I let someone down, may have not gotten hurt physically, but spiritually and emotionally, I had to walk through all that garbage then because I didn't trust in the words that my father told me to do. The the commands that he gave to me, I I didn't trust him. See, God is not giving us command because he wants to, pull on the strings and control us as a bunch of puppets. That's not God. God is a God uh, of free will, and he says, hey, you choose what you want to do. You gi- I've given you that ability, but i I, I don't want to control you and pull the strings, but I'm going to tell you these things because they're going to protect you. I put pleasant boundary lines around you. So if you keep my name holy, that means you're going to keep my commands because you trust me. See, do we trust him enough and do we look at him enough to say, you know what? God, I've had a warped view of you. I haven't given you the honor and respect that you deserve. So God, I want to keep your commands. Leviticus 22, I know I'm going there, 31 through 32. So you shall keep my commands and do them. I am the Lord, and you shall not profane my holy name, that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. We hallow the name of God when we keep his commandments. We profane the name of God when we break his commandments. So we pray, Father, let your name be hallowed, which means, Father, cause your commandments to be obeyed. Is this hard? Can we be honest? It's hard. (laughs) And guess what? We're going to fail. We're going to miss it a lot. We're going to miss him a lot. I'm done. (laughs) It's a great transition. We're going to miss the mark. We're not going to always keep his name holy. But you know who's praying this prayer? Jesus. Jesus. The one that came that opened up the door for us to even have access to the Father. Jesus that said, hey, come through me to get to my Father. And I, I, I want to keep the commands of God. I want my heart, I want you guys to walk in the commands of what God would have for you. There's commandments in here. There's promises in here. There's hope in here. There's a future for you through these words in here. But we just go like this, yeah, that's cool. I'll find it on Instagram, I'll find it on social media, I'll find it on the news, I'll find it through relationship, I'll find it through having the home that I've always desired, I'll find it through the comfort of me controlling my ship, because I trust me more than I trust him. And he's saying, no, you know, you know the beauty about keeping God's commands? Is that there's always promises right after them. Amen. Right, mama? Like, thank you. There are promises right after the commands. That's the best news ever. It's not like just keep my commands and if you don't, I'm going to burn you. Like, whoa. It says keep my commands and I'm going to have you walk in a destiny, in a purpose, in a future that you can't even imagine. By my grace, in Jesus' name. By my spirit, in Jesus' name. My name is holy. I want to make you holy. I want to make your heart pure. I want to make your mind pure. I want you to understand that you need to keep me here. Not here. Here. So tonight, I want to pray. Does this encourage y'all? I'm done. I want to pray, God, our Father, I pray your name will remain holy in my life, in my heart, and in my mind, I wrote this. And God, help me to keep it holy by believing what you say. Maybe tonight you just need to get up here and you need to get on your knees and you say, God, Father, I haven't trusted what you've said to me. I've listened, I mean, I've heard it, but I haven't listened. I've heard you say something to me and I've just been like, yeah, cool, I'll figure it out my own self. God, I want to keep your name holy, and I want it to re- my spirit to remind me that you are holy by believing what you say. Maybe tonight you need to just pray, God, I have a fear of man more than I fear you, and break it in me. I believe that's a couple of us here tonight. You're so concerned what the coworkers are saying about you, more than you're concerned about what God's saying about you. I say that in love, but I really believe that's for someone tonight. You're more concerned about what your your neighbor's saying or what your classmates are saying more than what God's saying about you. Can I be honest? He's got a thousand more amazing things to say about you than any single person here on this earth. He does. It's in his word. It's in moments like this. Hey, lean back. Sit in my arms. Hey, son, you know what I love when God says to me? Jay, Jay, I'm proud of you. I'm proud. He's saying that to to, to you. I, I I'm smiling on you tonight. I see you. I see the mess you're in. I'm gonna carry you through this. Just look to me. Just look to me, because I'm holy. Don't fear, man. And then finally, God, I need I need help in obeying your commandments. I really need help to not fall when the world pressures me. I really need help when my spirit's weak and and that that sin, that trap is calling me. God, I need help to keep your commandments. I want help by your spirit to remain pure of heart and pure of mind. God, I want help to not fall anymore. God, I trust in your word and I trust in your commandments and I know that there are promises for me ahead. So tonight we're going to pray. Maybe you're in one of those categories. Maybe you're in all three, and that's okay. Tonight, I really believe God is going to move. He already is. But wherever you're at tonight, would you begin to just say, God, help me to keep you holy, to not fear man over you, to obey your commands, to maybe be- to say, believe in what you say to me. God, I want to believe in what you're saying to me. Come on, church, can you just begin to pray and seek God tonight?